If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. This is the first of two Viking 360 episodes this week, and this one is football-heavy, Rube. We will first review last Friday night's loss to the Spring Mills Cardinals. I also sat down with Viking senior fullback Caden Hall, as well as a quick chat with the Viking head coach Steve Sayer about the quick turnaround only 91 hours between the Spring Mills game and the game at Scott tonight. Rube, what do you have? Well, I have a conversation with uh, Ed Smolder. He coaches the uh, Viking offensive and defensive linemen. I talked with Phil Perry, a former Jackson Herald sports editor, now covering the Scott Skyhawks. And Tim Brown talks about an up-and-coming award winner, uh, student athlete here at Ripley High. Friday night, the Vikings dropped their second game of the season to the Spring Mills Cardinals by a final score of 43-14. to a 73-yard kickoff return by Jacob McCarron set up this nine-yard touchdown pass from Keon Padmore-Johnson to Chase Henson to get the scoring underway Friday night. Padmore-Johnson in the gun. They're going to go right side this time. He's looking to throw. He pitches it forward to Henson, and it's a touchdown. A shovel pass goes for nine yards and the Cardinal touchdown just like that. The extra point kick by Hayden Pack was good, and the Cardinal lead was 7-0 to in the early stages. The Cardinals scored once more in the first quarter and led 14 to nothing when the uh, Cardinal quarterback showed his athleticism on this run. Admore Johnson rolling near side. He'll keep it. Here he comes across the 35 to 40. 45 cuts it back midfield. Still on his feet. It's the foot race. 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15. He'll walk into the end zone for a 65-yard touchdown scamper. The snap on the extra point was low, and Jacob McCarron scooped it up and found Graham in the end zone for the two-point conversion, and the Cardinals led 29 to nothing at the half. The Vikings took the opening kickoff of the second half, 54 yards on 13 plays, while eating up 7 minutes and 23 seconds on the clock when Joey Ramsey found the end zone for his fourth rushing touchdown of the season and his ninth touchdown overall. Full house backfield, Anderson under center. Give it to Ramsey, looking for room, cuts it up. Still on his feet across the five, dragging Cardinals into the end zone. Vikings are on the board. Great run that time, 12 yards out from the sophomore. Jeff, he was not going to be denied. No, he uh, made contact at about the five-yard line, looked like, Brian. And he uh, looked like he was going to lose his balance. He gathered himself back up together, continued to drive forward. And we talked about that before the game. Uh, that's the one thing that we've seen him do uh, throughout the season get better at is lower that pad level and, and – uh, uh, attack that goal line. Caitlin Lawrence connects on the extra point kick, and the Vikings trailed 36 to 7 in the late stages of the third quarter. At the midway point of the fourth quarter, the Cardinals put the finishing touches on what would be their final score of the night when Keon Padmore Johnson connects with Jameer Hunter from 57 yards out. First and 10 at their 43 yard line, looking to throw. 
He's going to float at far sideline. He's got Hunter, and he's in stride down the far sideline for the touchdown, and it does not get any better than that. That is perfectly executed. Get him in stride, and he walks into the end zone. Hayden Pack's extra point kick was good, and the Cardinals led big 43-7. No quitting our Vikings, however, as they promptly took the next possession into the end zone with a great effort from Brady Anderson and some heads-up play by sophomore Isaiah Casto as the Vikings end the game on a high note. After Carter Cochran's extra point was good, the final score was 43-14. to Brady keeps it, designed quarterback run. He's in the grasp a couple of times, still on his feet, driving forward. He saw the end zone. Did he lose the ball? I'm afraid he lost the ball. No, he fumbled it in the end zone, Jeff, and Isaiah Castro comes out of there with it. (laughs) That's one way to score. Great effort, Jeff, by Brady Anderson, and a great heads-up play by by sophomore Isaiah Castro. The Vikings fell to 2-3 and on the season, but not much time to feel sorry for yourself if you wear the blue and white. Tuesday night, the Vikings take the field again, this time on the road in Madison, West Virginia, to take on an old MSAC foe, the Scott Skyhawks. Game time is 7 p.m. You can hear all the action on C98 beginning at 6.30 with the West Virginia Telecom countdown to kickoff. Join myself, Jeff Waybright, and Phil Iman for all the action. 2020 has been a year of firsts for the Viking football team, and this week is no different. Senior Caden Hall says he's so appreciative of the opportunity to get to play as many games as possible for the Blue and White. Welcome back. It's the Viking 360, joined now by Viking Senior Caden Hall. Caden, last time I saw you, uh, you had uh, ice bags on your knees and your shoulders, and uh, you were uh, trying to put the finishing touches on Friday night. 90 hours later, you're back on the field. Yeah. Um, the last game was rough, but, you know, you got to do it. You got to do get yourself healed up for the next game. Well, I mean, you got a quick turnaround, man, that game tonight uh, down at Scott. Uh, how difficult is that on you physically, and how happy are you uh, that you actually get to play this game and you get to add another one to your senior year? I'm very happy I get to play this game because, you know, we're not – we don't know how many games we're going to have left. Like, this week I'm guaranteed to get two games, which I'm okay with. You know, ultimately, a Tuesday is a pretty heavy practice day anyway. You guys are in full pads and, and banging yeah. around out there. So how, how much different is it really other than uh, obviously there's difference in game and practice, but uh, it's still a heavy day for you either way. I mean, yeah, Tuesday practices are hard, but games are a lot harder than practice usually. So this won't, like, affect me as much as it should. Games are a lot more fun too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Scoring touchdowns with your best friends and celebrating with them is what it's all about. Man, you guys have a chance to to really uh, set yourself on a good track this week. If you can get two wins, you sit up five and two, uh, looking down the last couple uh, games of the season, winnable games for you. Uh, it's a big week. Yeah, it is a really big week. What's it going to take? Uh, obviously, I don't want you to look ahead, but uh, if, to get two wins this week, uh, what has to change from last week? Uh. Just the effort from our guys has to change. You know, like, we all got to be focused. We all got to be mentally there. We all got to prepare. Hype yourself up. All right, Caden. Thanks for the time, man. Best of all luck right, tonight. Thank you. Coal Valley News sports editor Phil Perry now covers the Scott Skyhawks but he was the one-time sports editor of Jackson Newspapers. Phil offers this report 
on tonight's game. Our guest on Viking 360 is a gentleman who has connections with both the uh, Boone County community and the Jackson County community. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ruth. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And I guess uh, in your current role there in Boone County, you have had an opportunity to uh, to see the Scott Skyhawks. So uh, tell us what has been your just your general analysis of uh, of Scott football this year. Well, uh, coming into the year, I think Scott was a team in transition. Shane uh, Griffith took over the team for his second tenure. He was their coach for 16 years prior. And uh, Coach Griffiths, uh, you know, the all-time winningest coach in Scott history, got his 100th win uh, versus Madonna this year. But uh, so they were a team in transition when he took over the team uh, in speaking to him. Uh, he, he had to rebuild the team, rebuild their finances, uh, literally just build a program from the bottom up. So that's been a lot of work. And last year was, you know, they had one win last year. It was a rough year. Uh, but you could see the potential. You could see they were, they were in some games. And uh, that was more than we'd seen the previous year. And then this year you're seeing that move even more forward. Uh, you know, this past Friday they played. I wasn't at that game. I had to, to cover the, the Sherman Van game, which is a local rivalry game. But uh, they were in that game, one into the fourth quarter against the fourth-ranked uh, Liberty Raleigh team. Uh, they were only down eight to six, one into the fourth, and that's a, a very athletic Liberty team. That's a good team. Uh, that, that's a good sign seeing that for Scott football. Uh, what you'll see from Scott on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Clay Matthews, uh, in my opinion, one of the better athletes in the school. Uh, Clay, uh, up until that Liberty game, uh, they had uh, used him a quarterback. They, they've installed a, a triple option attack this year uh, with a big 260-pound fullback, Michael Clay, uh, leading the way. Um, but in that game, they, they, I noticed they had moved Clay uh, to running back, and we had freshman Matt Pratt quarterback. And uh, Matt, in middle school, swung the ball around a little bit and uh, impressed uh, all of us. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing that that move, I haven't talked to Coach Griffith about it, but I'm assuming that was an attempt to get Clay out in more space where they could get him the ball in uh, more situations, get him out in open space and let him create, uh, to get him, you know, to where he wasn't. You know, taking the snap every play, and, and I haven't talked to Coach Griff about that, but I'm presuming that is what that change was about. And I don't know who, who will be the quarterback for the Ripley game, but um, Cooper Martin, a running back, uh, athletic running back in the style backfield. Um, at wide receiver, the leader would be Jeff McCoy, he's a senior. Uh, Jeff, when given the chance, uh, he's got good hands. Uh, and given the chance, Jeff, uh, he had a 30-yard touchdown reception in his Liberty, if I remember correctly. Um, and given the chance, Jeff can do some things with the ball. Um, on defense, uh, Dane Messer is a returning leading tackler at linebacker. Uh, Dane is uh, uh, not intimidating in size. He's not a big guy. He's in on virtually every play. And I really enjoy... Uh, watching Dane play. Um, 
I think the Skyhawks uh, have turned. I've been waiting for them to, to turn the corner and, and take that step forward that we all know they were going to take. Knowing Coach Griff is at the helm, but I think uh, I think Scott with that Liberty game, I'm, I'm really encouraged by that. And, and Phil, when you were residing in Jackson County, you had the position of being a sports editor of the Jackson Herald, and you're in a uh, similar situation now with the Coal Valley News. Yeah, my uh, my scope is a bit broader with the Coal Valley News. I'm the only uh, full-time reporter, so I'm doing news and sports. So uh, I, I don't get to do quite as much sports as I, as I did in Jackson County, and I miss that. Uh, I do quite a bit. Phil, thank you for the update on the Skyhawks, and maybe we'll see you down there on Tuesday evening. You absolutely will see me. Wouldn't miss that one. That'll be fun. The X's and O's of coaching are only a small part of his duties this year. Dealing with the logistics of 2020 is front and center for Viking head coach Steve Sayre. Your team's going to have to come back and fight back quickly tonight, Coach. Uh, not much preparation leading up into this game. You literally had Monday, I guess. The coaches probably, you guys probably worked a little bit on Sunday. Uh, but with your team, you get Monday to work and then back at it uh, here tonight. Uh, how big, big of a challenge is that for you guys as a coaching staff? Oh, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge, particularly defensively, uh, uh, because we have three game films and they've ran three totally separate offenses in all three games. So realistically, we don't know what they're going to do on offense. So we have to be fundamentally sound, line up, read our keys and go hit somebody in the mouth. That's the bottom line that we're facing a physical challenge. This team is, uh, they have really good size, but they're very physical. I think historically, uh, you come to Scott, you know, your kids are going to get hit. You know, you're going to have to play, four quarters of tough physical football and uh, you know they've had some outstanding teams down here and they're like us this year they're young so it's going to be a, a real dog fight and uh, hopefully our kids will hang in there coach you look at the game on paper you look at the numbers they've put up you look at the numbers we put up uh, anyone that doesn't really know anything about the game is going to say well ripley's going to win this game by a couple of touchdowns but when you go on the road on short week uh with a young football team you never know what you're going to get. So uh, that's where the senior leadership and the Caden Halls and the Matthew Moore II and, and Quentin Joyner, Isaac Parsons, those guys are going to be so important tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to have senior leadership, and our seniors have to step up and play like seniors. And that, that's really important. Our guys on the offensive line, on the inside, Quentin had an outstanding game last Friday night. Matt had a good game, maybe not his best game. Uh, Matt Armstead, man, he was giving up 100 pounds every play. And, you know, he's he's going to do that tonight possibly. But those three guys in the center of our line, if they have a good game, we'll have a good game def or, uh, offensively. Caden Hall has a good game. We'll have a good game offensively. And uh, the same thing goes on defense. I think it's really important that those guys lead us. Looks like we may be back at full strength tonight uh, with uh, most of our guys, important key players, back out on the field. That, that should uh, also give you a boost. Well, I'm certainly hoping we're at full strength. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much that they uh, work they did in their unplanned time off. How important is uh, the training staff 
right now to make sure you guys are nursed back to health as best as, as humanly possible in short rest. I cannot give enough compliments to Steve Lowe, our trainer. He's our athletic director. And he's also, I, th- I personally think he's the best high school trainer in the state of West Virginia, definitely the best one that I've ever worked with. And he takes tremendously good care of our kids, and his student assistants are on the spot. Uh, I'm, you know, and they've been recognized statewide as an outstanding program and nationally as an outstanding program. And I'm just really thankful to have them with us. More times than not, football games are won or lost by the play of the guys up front on the line. Coach Ed Smolder handles Ripley's grunts up front. Most people know uh, Ed Smolder as the former longtime extension agent here in Jackson County, but Ed was also known as a pretty daggone good football uh, player. He played his high school ball. He wreaked havoc down in the Kanoa Valley and then on the collegiate level played in the Southeastern Conference uh, Mm -hmm. for the University of Kentucky. So, Ed, thank you for joining us, and thank you for sharing your expertise with the Viking football team. My pleasure, uh, Mr. Rubin. Uh, My son asked me about five years, six years ago to coach, and I never never dreamed this would be possible, but uh, I've really enjoyed the last six years, and I really enjoyed teaching young men. And, Ed, your primary responsibility with the team is working with the grunts, the guys up front. So, Un- unspoken heroes. <laughs> that's right. So let's talk about them. You, you want to start with the offensive guys, and you've worked with some of these guys for several years. You know, but this just is, tell me right, uh, right. what it is that they bring to the table. The offensive lineman has a certain mindset that most people don't realize. They're never, never in a newspaper or news clippings. You never see the Vikings win big. Offensive line does great. You never see it, do you? Who scores the touchdowns? Who throws the passes? The offense linemen are, are, are unique characters. They have to be very cerebral. They got to think a lot. Quick reactions. And we'll, I've always tell my boys, as we go, the team goes. And it's half the team, half the starting lineman, kind of tight end, is the offensive line. So six players have to make the team go. And the unsung heroes, but just just a great development tool for young men. Teach them how to think smart, be strong, be quick. And just lessons of life. I mean, offense linemen can be successful the rest of life. What we try to teach them every day on an everyday basis. Ed, when we take the field on uh, Tuesday night down at uh, Scott, uh, who do you think you'll have uh, seen some playing time along the, that well, offensive front? Our, our, we only have a small group of seniors. The three of our stalwarts are center, Quentin Joyner, and Matt Moore at left guard, and Matt Armstead at right guard, our three senior uh, leaders, and that's a thrill to teach those, coach those guys for the last four years. We got Austin Linton at right tackle and uh, Colton Rhodes at left tackle. Both of them have improved greatly. They're both juniors, and we got Blake Cummings at junior at tight end. So we got these young men that uh, I enjoy teaching every day. And you see a lot of the same faces when it comes to the, the, defense, the, the defensive coach side. Coach Anderson of the ball. and I coach the defense. Coach Anderson controls most of the defense calls. But those three, uh, Quentin at defense end and Matt Moore defensive end, are leading our team in defensive points this year. And also Linton, his first year at Nose, has done a great job. But so uh, th- a three man defense, our 3 5 is tough defense for linemen. Because they're expected, they get double teamed every play. So our defense is designed create havoc with the linebackers. So our defense linemen, unsung heroes again. They get very little credit because they tap all the linemen for linebackers to be the heroes. But those, those guys have the same mentality. They're quiet, reserved, nice young men. Just a pleasure to teach every day. It's my pleasure. 
Ed, you've been around the game of football for a long time, but can you ever recall a situation where you had to prepare a team for two games <laughs> in, the in same, one week? In the same week. I'm sure glad I'm not playing, Michael. This is very taxing on a young man's body. But we have enough depth. We'll get some guys to get some rest this week, get some uh, playing time that will be helpful to young guys also. But, no, it's, it's very interesting because we had one practice day to get ready for, Shady, uh, for Scott. And we'll have two days to get ready for Shady Springs. But it'll be interesting. Our kids will, uh, we've coached them well all summer. All, of course, not all summer, all fall. We missed the summer. But no, these kids will persevere. Uh, they're very intelligent kids, very coachable kids. I'm just proud to be around them. Ed, thanks for everything. Thank you, Mike. I, my pleasure. As we hear from Ripley Middle Principal, Tim Brown, an up-and-coming Viking student-athlete, is receiving statewide recognition. Our guest on Viking 360 is the principal of Ripley Middle School, and Tim Brown, you had uh, an award winner. Uh, he's now at the high school level, but he was uh, a middle school athlete uh, just, just last year. Tell us a little bit about uh, who won the award and what they won. Tim, uh, will there be an actual presentation will, when Cade will be uh, awarded uh, this honor? Yes, sir. Uh, now, due to the COVID regulations, they're not quite sure. Normally, what they do is um, have them up for some kind of a brunch where they have an official award ceremony at Wheeling Island Stadium the weekend of the um, state championship games, football state championship games. And then they take them out. Um, during halftime of the AAA game and recognize them there as well. So my guess you know, uh, would be that they're not going to do the brunch, but they would end up doing something during halftime of one of the games. And Tim, all it takes is a trip into the gymnasium there at Ripley Middle School, and you can see that uh, RMS has a proud history of uh, student-athletes winning awards from the SSAC over the, over the course of several decades. Oh yeah, we've had we've had some fantastic students uh, go through and win that award, and uh, we've had some first at Ripley Middle actually um, before through the SSAC. We've had uh, the first brothers, uh, where Trevor and Tucker, um, um, old Trevor and Tucker, Trevor and Nathan Tucker. Yeah, Trevor and Nathan Tucker. That was the name. Sorry, Mike. Um, they, they were the first brothers to win the award. Um, so we were recognized for that. And there's a lot of great kids up on those banners. So Kate was a great uh, applicant for that. 4.0 students um, rarely got a visit school. Um, of course, great behavior and just great on the basketball court and baseball field. Tim, thank you so much. Hey, no problem, Mike. Have a great one. Ripley High's soccer team lost a heartbreaker on Monday evening in the sectional tournament. The Vikings lost 2-1 in double overtime to Parkersburg. 
Wyatt White scored for the Vikings, and goaltender Nick Hill had 18 saves. As Mike Rubin tells us, there's more action coming up this week. It's a busy week around Ripley High School sports. The Spike and Vikes volleyball team will be in action. Coach Brenda Moore's team will take on Winfield on Tuesday evening and Polka on Thursday evening. Several of the fall sports seasons at Ripley High are getting into postseason play. On Tuesday evening, it's Lady Vikings soccer at Parkersburg South in the opening round of the sectional tournament. On Thursday, the cross-country teams are competing in the Class AAA Regional Championships that will be held in Cabell County. Also on Thursday, the Ripley Middle Vikings travel to Ravenswood for a 6 p.m. game against the Demons. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.